Money FM 89.3, best of prime time. SG Extra, only on Money FM 89.3. You're listening to Prime Time on Money FM 89.3. I'm Rachel Kelly with Shazad Haq. Now, Parliament started sitting today, and it's going to be sitting for about two weeks to debate the Budget 2022 statement as Singapore makes moves to emerge strongly from the COVID-19 pandemic. That's right. The raising of the GST schemes to cushion the blow of higher taxes and revisions to foreign worker policies will be among the topics for discussion. And the first three days of the sitting will focus on the Budget Statement, which said out the government's fiscal priorities and policies for the financial year starting on April 1st. To help us understand what is going on in Parliament today and bring us all the latest updates, we're joined on the line now by Zakia Hussain, Singapore editor at The Straits Times. Zakia, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. So let's start off, Zakia. Today's Parliament sitting kicks off. It's going to be about two weeks of debate. What were some of the key themes highlighted today, though? Yeah. I think one big theme was sort of the opposition to the GST hike. Mm-hmm. And we've had about four speakers from the Workers' Party as well as one of the NCMPs from the Progress Singapore Party all saying they oppose the GST hike and proposing various alternatives to raise the revenue that the government says it needs to fund rising expenditure. Well, just on that, you know, we heard from Pritam Singh, of course, the leader of the opposition and their opposition to the 2022 budget. What else did he say and what else has the WP proposed? So they've proposed actually looking at other revenues, other levers for revenue generation. Lewis Chua proposed basically, you know, studying alternative forms of wealth taxes, for instance, you know. And they cited figures to say, look, the increase in property tax and the increased income tax, especially at the top brackets, was still a small change for the very well-off. And they say maybe there could be more meaningful hikes in these taxes. Lewis also talks a bit about corporate taxes with sort of, you know, reforms to global taxation rules, possibly bringing in more revenue from corporations. And I think one of the key last points they made was maybe you could look at drawing a bit more from the reserves to meet the shortfall rather than raise GST. That said, Zakir, do you think they're more likely to see any other challenges or gaps not addressed in this year's budget? I think there have always been some sort of gaps, and I think even some of the PAP MPs and the backbenchers who spoke, you know, raised some concerns. For instance, how maybe retirees, the people who were not earning income, but who were living in landed properties, some of them mm. could be aging properties, mm. uh, don't benefit from the schemes. And for instance, might even end up having to pay a bit more in terms of property tax. So they called for sort of, I guess, a finely calibrated distinction to be made in terms of assessing how much more tax some of these individuals would pay rather than just using the value of their homes as a proxy. So we've said that it's going to be about two weeks of debate. What are we going to expect from the rest of the time then? And what happens next? So I think tomorrow we'll likely see uh, more MPs speak. I mean, we'll likely have about maybe 20, 25 MPs speak today, um, another similar number of MPs tomorrow. And then Finance Minister Lawrence Wong is likely to have a good couple of hours to respond to these various suggestions and concerns on Wednesday afternoon. And after that, you'll see some of the ministries elaborate in some detail on their spending plans and policies for the year ahead. We're speaking with Zakia Hussain, Singapore editor at The Straits Times. Zakia, I just want to shift gears now. In Parliament today, we did see a number of updates regarding the situation in Ukraine. A number of Singaporeans there at the moment. We also saw Vivian Balakrishnan announce that Singapore is going to block certain Russian banks and financial transactions and impose export control on items that can be used as weapons in Ukraine. What more do we know? So I think they've said some of the details are still being worked out and I expect they'll be announced in the coming days or so. 
what we know is I think there was the strong emphasis also made in Parliament and mm-hmm. explaining why Singapore was taking this rather unprecedented move. You know, we've tended to not join in sanctions that are, for instance, not binding. And in this case, it's tough for it to be given Russia as a permanent member of the UN Security Council. But I thought Vivian Balakrishnan really explained why Singapore was taking the step it did. You know, that this was a necessary price to pay. It's a necessary step to make given the importance of you know, sovereignty and national interest. And I think, you know, this will come at some cost and some pain for Singaporeans and including businesses and companies with, say, interests in the region. But I guess on principle, uh, there's a need to, you know, deal with some of the consequences and stand up for Singapore's national interests, even if it comes at some cost. That's right. He did say that we were going to continue to value our good relations with Russia and the Russian people. However, we cannot accept such violations of sovereignty and territorial integrity of another sovereign state. That's right. Just want to check, Zucker, was there sort of unanimity on this in Parliament today? Was there a bit of pushback from the opposition? Because I would have thought something like this would have everyone sort of galvanized together. Yep. And I think on this, I think many of the MPs who spoke, even alternate MP Gerald Gyam, sort of raised the concern. That's right. I think, I think he asked, didn't he, how Singapore can maintain its interests with all parties right. involved from the United States to Ukraine, Russia and other countries in Europe, given recent events. That's right. And I think one of the points that Dr. Balakrishnan made in his general remarks was that, you know, in Singapore, there was some domestic unity and cohesion when Mm. it comes to uh, these issues. And he thanked all MPs, actually, for keeping to this principle. And just following up on Shazad's question as well, I believe there was also a question from Ms. Denise Poir. She asked whether the government would review ongoing projects and initiatives with the Russian government. Mm. Yep, and there is a Russian cultural centre in mm. uh, Farah Park, which I think President Putin himself was at the groundbreaking ceremony of a few years ago, you know, and Dr. Balakrishnan said, look, that's going to continue. That's not, you know, these are projects that uh, go beyond politics and really beyond the conflict, you know, in that same way, for instance, Singapore's maintaining diplomatic relations relations with Russia, as are many of the other countries that may have imposed sanctions. Zakir, thank you very much. Zakir Hussain, Singapore editor of the Straits Times, telling us about the budget debates and on the discussion about the Russia-Ukraine crisis. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.